Well, good evening, my sisters. I'm so excited, elated, a little bit too much caffeinated to be here with you this evening. I am so excited, and I can't help but look back on where God has brought us because I would say about seven years ago, Pastor John was like, we need to start a women's ministry. And I was like, okay. And this was back at Dutch Corners, and we started a women's ministry, and the first time there were 50 ladies. And I was like, oh, no way. This is so cool. I was like, ah. And then the second time we all met, there's about 25. And I'm like, all right, this is still cool. And then the third time we met, maybe there was 20. I don't know. And I was like, oh, man. I don't know if I was made for this. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And you know Pastor John. <laughs> he looked at me. He's like, I didn't marry no quitter. You're going to go after this. You're going to persevere. You're going to recruit. You're going to trade. I hear some laughter. You know Pastor John. And I'm like, okay, babe, I'm going to do this because this is what he said. And it has stuck with me. He's like, there is a generation of women who need to know who they are in Christ. Amen? Yes. And I'm so glad that we persevered on this thing. And God has given me some faithful friends, some faithful sisterhood leaders, and some faithful co-workers who have not only been here through it all, but you know what? We have rebranded. We have relaunched. We have done so many things. And ladies, I am so excited that we're doing this still and that we are here together tonight because we have seen so many women choose to follow Jesus through this ministry. We have seen so many women reconnect with God, reconnect with his church because of sisterhood. And that is what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about perseverance. And some of you, as I say that, you're like, ah, oh, man, dang it. Like, <laughs> I was hoping she was going to talk about maybe something a little better, something a little spicier. But I want you to listen up to this. Your perseverance, your gritty, no quitter mentality is the stat that is the biggest predictor of your success trajectory in life. Mind-blowing? I think that's so fascinating. And I just want to straight out of the gate tell you guys this. I am so heartbroken all the time talking and counseling and witnessing so many women with a roller coaster faith. And I see it all the time. And there's a few years of faithfulness and then a few years of waywardness. I want to see this church filled with women who in good times and bad, in all things, in all times, persevere towards Christ. And you know what? I, I want us to do it whether our husbands are cheering us on or they're discouraging us. I want us, us to do this when the world is clapping or when they're booing us, right? I want to see us rise up as women and persevere through it all. And I believe that if you lean into tonight's message, I believe that you're going to leave with just that. You're going to learn how to persevere. And right out of the gate, we are going to go straight to the Bible passage tonight. And if you are a closed caption person and you want to read along with me, grab your Bible app, grab your Bible. We're going to be in Matthew 14, 22. And if you're like, girl, I have neither of those things, that's great. We'll put it up on the screens for you. No worries. But we are going to open up to the story of Peter. And a lot of you know the story. And if you have never heard the story, you are in a treat tonight because it is one of my favorite. So I'm going to read this passage to you and then we're going to unpack it. So Matthew 14, 22, 22, there we go. All right, it says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back onto the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. So to put this in context, there's a big group of people he was preaching to and he sends the disciples like, all right, you guys go off. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. So after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. 
Night fell while he was still there alone. Meanwhile, this is where it gets a little fun. The disciples, well, fun for us, not for them. (laughs) The disciples who were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them. Jesus just took his sweet time. (laughs) He came towards them, not swimming, not in a boat, walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, I'm sure they screamed like little girls. Like they were terrified. They're like, oh my goodness, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Hey, guys, stop. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Then Peter called out to him. I love Peter. He's like, bro, Lord, what? If it's really you, tell me to come walking to you on water. I want to do that. And then Jesus like, all right, come on, let's go. So Peter went over the side of the boat and then walked on water towards Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong winds and waves, he was terrified. And he dropped like a rock. (laughs) He sunk. And he's like, ah, save me, Lord. And then Jesus immediately reached down and grabbed him. And what does Jesus say? Peter, you have so little faith. Why do you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And then the disciples worshipped Jesus. They said, you really are the son of God, they exclaimed. That is the word of the Lord tonight. That's going to be the verse that we will unpack. But before we start unpacking, I would love to just pray that God blesses this talk. So if you bow your heads with me. God, thank you so much for every single woman in this room. I just ask that you bless my words, that we would all move one step closer to you, that we learn how to persevere, and we would walk out of here encouraged. And again, so much closer to you than when we walked in these doors. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so now there are a few remarkable things that I want to point out. That Peter got out in the first place, right? Can we just throw that out there? I mean, Peter is the one person besides God in the flesh, and that is who Jesus is. He is God in the flesh to walk on water. That's great, right? I mean, but really, I think we read this and we don't really think about it. I want you to think, he jumps off the side of the boat in the middle of a storm. He just gets out there and homeboy sends it. It's like, what? Who would literally do that? And notice, though also, he does ask Jesus's permission. I think that's crucial because he's hanging out with Jesus. He's hanging out with God in the flesh. But he's not, the disciples aren't off jumping off buildings because they're like, hey, Jesus is with me. No, he asks Jesus's permission. And I think this is crucial because I'm going to go on a side tangent here, but I've had a lot of women through the years tell me like, you know what, I'm going to quit working. This is an exaggeration, but I'm going to become a famous pop star sensation for Jesus. And it's like, all right. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, I was saying next to you in church, you can't really hold a tune. But (laughs) have you talked to Jesus about that? You know, like, have you prayed about it? Have you sought his word? A lot of times, no. And I want to point this out because sometimes our best intentions are not part of God's plan. But Peter asks permission first. And then he has the courage to send it. And the next important thing that Peter did, now if you are taking notes tonight, this is a one-point message. So I want you to get your pen out. I want you to get your note sheet out. This is the big point of the night. Ready? Peter doesn't get back in the boat. He calls out to Jesus when he fell through the water. 
there are two remarkable things about this to me. One, that Peter even calls out in the first place. But two, that he calls out to Jesus. Now, I think all of us instantly in this moment think, well, Peter can't swim. That's why he's calling out to Jesus. But we actually know that that is not true. In John 21, Peter actually shows us that he can swim. So after Jesus' resurrection, and so when Jesus died, rose again, he came back and he showed everyone that he rose from the graves, right? But Peter was a fisherman. And so he was out fishing. He went back to being a fisherman. He pulls in this huge net of fish. And all of a sudden, he recognizes that Jesus is back. Now, Peter, you got to love him. He strips off his clothes. He skinny dips his cute little juice booty. He jumps in the water. He swims all the way to Jesus. And so in that passage, we know, all right, Peter can swim. Okay? So it's not because Peter can't swim. Peter cries out to Jesus, I think, because he legitimately wants to walk on water. And I think he's terrified that he does not have enough faith to actually do it. That's perseverance right there. Homeboy, he's not a quitter. He's like, I really want to do this. And he thinks, all right, this is my one shot, one opportunity to walk on water. Jesus, save me. Help me. I want to do this with you. Which brings me to an additional thought on this passage. Okay? If you were in this situation, now I really want you to put yourself in Peter's shoes. Okay, you're in the situation. You're in the water. You fall through. Where would you go? The boat, right? I mean, I would totally be swimming for the boat. If I, okay, really, really put yourself in a situation. If I tried to walk on water in a storm and my mysterious cryptic friend was like, hey, girl, you can walk on water. And I'm like, all right, I trust you. And I walk on water and I fall through. I ain't trusting that person no more. I'm swimming to the boat, right? I mean, come on, anyone else here with me? Because it's like that thing makes sense. That thing is sturdy. That thing is reliable. I know that thing. I'm going to be swimming to the boat because I've been there. But Peter, he doesn't swim back to the boat. Why? Why does Peter not swim back? Two reasons. One, again, I think he really wanted to walk on water. And he was persistent. He was like, I'm, I want to do this. Two, as the text mentioned, there was a raging storm happening around him. I think we all have to get that Sunday school, like Jesus walking on water, it looks like glass, vision out of our head. There we go. Like I want us to think deadliest catch. Like we got to think there is a huge storm going on. There's wind, there's waves. It's scary. And you know my husband, he he always talks about boats. Now I understand boats more. The thing about being in a storm in a boat you can't control it. You can't drive it. And you, they're probably likely to run aground. Like, that boat is not safe. And I think Peter knew this. And I also think that Peter wanted more. He had a vision and a perseverance to keep trying the greatest adventure that Christ was beckoning him towards. Ladies, I want you to listen up right here. This is a critical choice that we have to make. If we are going to have a steadfast faith instead of a roller coaster faith, we need to call out to Jesus. And I know that may seem simple, but it is so important. If we don't, this is where our faith will die. When you fall through the waves, and if you go back to the boat, 
This is where your faith dies. All of us have a boat. All of us have something that feels safe and that's not Jesus that we are tempted to call out to. I want to say that one more time. We all have a boat that we are tempted to run to, to call out to. That is not Jesus that feels safe to us. But it's not God. It's not Jesus. Maybe for you, I want you to be thinking about this right now. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe it's being a mom. Envy, comfort, legalism, happiness. There's something. We all have a boat that calls our name that we want to call out to that is not Jesus. And when you're in this situation that you never thought you would be in and you find yourself in, your temptation, my temptation, is to swim back to that boat. It is. But what we need to do in this situation is call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, save me. Peter is our greatest example. Peter did not get back in the boat. He called out to Jesus because he knew who could really save him. The boat, he knew that was not going to save him. He knew what could save him, and it was Jesus Christ alone. And here's the last part of this passage that I really want to point out. It says, when they climbed back on the boat. Notice it gives no time scale. And I think Jesus, okay, go back to the passage. Jesus pulls Peter out of the water. He says, man, you didn't, you didn't have enough faith in me. They get out of the water, right? And I always assume that they jump right back into the boat. But again, it gives no time scale here. I think as an adult reading this text, I think they walked on water again. I think that they just reveled in that moment together and they spent time on that water. Why else would Peter, who could swim, call out to Jesus in that moment? And I love this story because I feel like it is genuinely all of our stories. And I've shared parts of my God story so many times, but so many of you knew, are new, so you may not know it, but a lot of you know I was raised not in church. My, one of my first experiences at church was my parents dropping me off at youth group. It was called Pioneer Girls. I have no idea, but that's what it was called. And my parents went on a date night and dropped us off. I didn't know anyone. It wasn't in my school district either, so I felt like the total outcast, no Bible, super weird. And I also went to church Christmas, Easter, and then occasional Sundays, where they decided it would be a good thing to go to church. I have no idea. But all that to say, I kind of knew who God was, but I wasn't raised in church. So when I hit my early 20s, I hit this place of brokenness. And I just got out of this really toxic, dysfunctional relationship with this guy. And I don't know, I'm just going to be real with you. Have you ever been in one of those relationships with a guy where like, you become physical like two dates in and then like two dates after that, you're like, we kind of hate each other. Like, why are we doing this? But then you're in it and then you keep going and you're like, ah, this is so bad. Like, I'm miserable. This is awful. I'm lonely. But you just keep sending it because it's comfortable. I feel like that was Peter and the other disciples. I'd been rowing in this boat forever in this storm. And I, I was just kind of waiting for it to toss me overboard. And I was so lonely. Finally, we broke up. Actually, that's not true. We broke up a lot. <laughs> but eventually we broke up after something more serious happened. And I wanted something different. 
So I started going to church. And I think that was kind of like Peter. That was my moment where Peter cried out to Jesus, where he said, Lord, if, if you tell me to come to you walking on water, I will. And that's, I kind of like started going to church. I'm like, okay, God, if you're real, tell me to come to you. I want to walk on water. I want to do this God thing. And you know, in this season, I really did get out of my sinking ship. And I started walking towards Jesus. I was like, all right. And I started going to church regularly. I started not listening to my bad music, <laughs> which back in the day was like DMX or whatever we listened to. <laughs> I don't know if there's any 30-somethings in the room. But I started listening to my bad music, and I started listening to more Christian music. I was listening to a ton of sermons. I was like devouring them like candy. I couldn't get enough. Every single Bible study that my church offered, I was there. I was the youngest one there. I was soaking it all in. And you know what? I even stopped drinking in this season. I stopped messing around with guys. Well, I want to be real with you, like doing the really bad stuff, you know. <laughs> I was like, eh. But guys, I got baptized. I was like, this is it. I, I'm walking on water, baby. Me and Jesus for life. And then I got lonely. And that was my falling through the water moment. And I think we all think that falling through the water moment is going to be something super drastic or super dramatic. But a lot of times it's so simple. For me, it was as simple as being lonely. And I, <laughs> you're going to laugh, but I hadn't had a second date in literally God knows how long. I was saving myself, trying to save myself for marriage. I was like, dear Lord, this is hard. And I saw all my friends, they were having fun. They were doing whatever they wanted. And I was like, I'm dropping like it's hot. I'm just sinking right now. Like, I can't do this any longer. I was floundering in that water. It was such an incredible twist. Because here I was discovering God for the first time. I was walking on water. I was seeing his promises. I was seeing like, okay, God is giving me everything that I've been looking for in other people and in men. And I was like, yes, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. I was doing it. I was going to church. I was following all the rules. And I fell. And I was all alone. And I didn't know what to do. And again, I think we all think it's something crazy that's going to bring us to our knees. But it's a lot of times so simple. And for me, it was something as non-threatening as being lonely. Maybe for you, I don't know. I was trying to prayerfully think, like, what is it for everyone in this room? I think for a lot of us, it was as simple as not being able to come to church because of COVID. I think a lot of us fell through the water, fell through the waves. Other of us, maybe it's just being busy. We just got caught up in life and we're too busy, and that was our falling through the water moment. I don't know. But just like Peter, we have a choice. And I had a choice. We could call out to Jesus or we could swim back to that boat. And ladies, you know what I did. I swam back to that boat. I was like, ah, I'm going hard. And Michael Phelps, you got nothing on me. I'm swimming back to my old life. <laughs> and that's what I did. It was my instinct. That's what you do when life tosses you out. You swim back to the beast that threw you out, right? I was like, all right, that's what I know. I'm going back for it. And for me, it was the club again. It was vodka again. It was boys again. I, so I went... Honest to goodness, I went deeper than I was even before. Like, I sinned harder than I did before I even knew Jesus. The difference this time was I knew he was there. I knew he was on the water. I knew he was waiting for me. But he wasn't my savior. I was my own savior. 
And the, the weirdest thing is I would be at bars. I'd be talking about Jesus drunk. I mean, hello, embarrassing. Like, I'm sure, thank goodness I'm not in Minnesota no more. They'd be like, that girl's a pastor's wife? <laughs> it was sketchy for sure. <laughs> but, like, seriously, I was showing up to church hungover. I was leaving empty. It was awful. Like, it is so weird how I knew who Jesus was. But I was drowning deeper than I ever had before. What Peter did is so amazing. And this is what I truly want to point out to you tonight. Rather than relying on what he had always relied on, he was a fisherman. He relied on a boat. You would think that would be his first instinct was to swim back to it. But when he fell through the waves, he cried out to Jesus in his sin, in his faithlessness, in his shame. He knew who to call out to. And Jesus picked him up calm the storm, and change the game. You guys know the rest of my story, for the most part. I met Pastor John. I was still in that doomed boat, making horrible decisions, <laughs> for real. Acted like I was following Jesus. I did a really good job acting like I was following Jesus. <laughs> Fooled the youth pastor at the time. Genuinely thought, though, I was good enough. Like, that was the worst part. I was like, I'm a good enough. Like, I know Jesus is out there. I'm good enough. I'm going to be fine. And I felt so lonely. Even though John and I had been dating for three weeks, I was still doing my own thing in the boat, feeling lonely. And my best friend and I were like, let's go on an adventure. So we went from Minneapolis to Chicago, took a road trip in a bus, made all sorts of stupid, foolish silly decisions. We used like a primitive B&B &B service before that existed called couch surfers. Super dumb. Like it was just so dumb. And then I went out to this concert. But people were buying me drinks. I drank way too much. I ended up making out with some other guy while I was dating Pastor John. Horrible. Broke down. Called him weeping, drunk, broken. And I was unable in the moment to even articulate. I was so gone what I had done. The next morning, I was literally crying in the shower in a stranger's house. <laughs> it, was, it was so weird. Like, what is happening? I was drowning. I was just trying to tread water, but I kept going under. I was literally throwing up. And I was in the storm of my life again. Again. And for the first time, this moment was different. This was the moment that instead of going back to the boat, going back to the thing I was comfortable, going back in my loneliness to all that comforted me, I cried out to Jesus instead. Instead of having little momentary faith for the first time in my life in a crisis, when things weren't going well, when I didn't feel like I was there, when I, like Peter, had a failing of faith, I didn't quit. And I called out to Jesus this was the moment where it was no longer a quitter's faith, a temporary in the moment when I felt like getting out of the boat and I felt like putting Jesus a little bit in my life. I'd walk on water, sink, swim back to the boat. No, this was a, I know I'm drowning. I know that is that my boat, my old life, it's bringing death. I can't go back there. Like, I can't go back there. I need you. Hold my hand, Jesus. You need to bring me the rest of the way. It was a persevering, you and me, baby, till the day I die kind of faith. And it changed everything. Sisterhood, I'm sharing this with you because I think a lot of you are in this cycle. Trying to walk on water, 
and you sink, and you're going back to the boat again, and you try to walk on water, you sink, you try, and you just swim back to the boat instead of calling out for Jesus. And I don't know what is knocking you beneath those waves, but I know our Heavenly Father does. For some of you, it's a bad marriage. Maybe like me, it is loneliness. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's an empty womb, an empty home, an addiction. I don't know what that boat is for you, but I want to call us tonight, don't swim back from a girl who swam back too many times. Stop. Stop. Learn from the mistakes of others so you can be wise without scars. Don't swim back to that boat. Don't swim back to that empty security. Don't swim back to your old life. You know, I know, that that boat is sinking and it does not bring life. A faith that perseveres is a faith that gets out of the boat and walks on water in the midst of the storm, even when you fall through, calls out to Jesus. A faith that perseveres is one that knows who its Savior really is. What type of boat, ladies, have you been going back to that is causing you to be a quitter? I want us to get real tonight. I want to say that again. What type of boat is causing you to be a quitter, to not persevere? I want you to really think about this. Because I want to see a generation of women with a persistent faith who follow Christ in all things and all times. God is calling us ladies tonight to get out of that boat and start following Jesus and be a generation of women who persevere. Because ladies, it is dark out there. God is waiting to rise up a generation of blinding lights, neon sights pointing to Jesus Christ who have eyes only on him and hands, hand in hand with Jesus, walking the ways of this life. You know what that is amazing that I just feel like you guys need to know? It is amazing that I am still, I think I've been following Christ in almost 12 years now. So I want you to know this though, I still out of my loneliness, am tempted to walk away and to go back to my sinking boat. I do. I still have to call out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need you in this moment to fill me. And here, I, am, I have a great life. I am married to your pastor. I have amazing kids. I have my dream job. Like, I have a great life. But you want to know the one thing I cry about most for no reason when I'm alone in my house? Being lonely. Is that just, I like, that is it. Being lonely, feeling alone, feeling empty. Still, still, I feel like the enemy loves it. He loves to take simple things like feeling lonely and making it call our name. Don't you remember those old things that used to comfort you? Do you think they'd still comfort you now? He, he knows what buttons. He has been watching you your whole life. He knows exactly what your boat is. And he, you, I think a lot of us know, we know in those moments how Satan calls our name back to our old life. And I think a lot of you can relate to my story. You've been jumping out and swimming back, jumping out and swimming back. You have never really called out to Jesus in the midst of your storm. You've only swam back to the boat. And I know one thing about you if I'm speaking to you. You're tired. It's tiring. You're lonely. You're empty. You're defeated. I know it because I was there. I just want you to know Jesus is calling. 
He's on the water. He loves you. He is waiting for you. He has his arms and hand stretched out. He is so ready to call you into a relationship, a true relationship with him. And if that is you tonight, and you are tired of jumping out of the boat and swimming back, and you know that I am directly speaking to you, we are making it so simple tonight for you to call out to Jesus. If this is you, all of you have those connect cards out. There are three simple ways that we would love for you to call out to Jesus. First one is there's a box on there that says, I have made a decision to follow Jesus. If you're ready and you're like, all right, I'm in. I'm ready. I want to call out to him. Check that box. But maybe you're like, I don't know. This is kind of new, but I'm interested. There's a second box on that connect card that said, I would like to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more about what that looks like to follow Jesus. If that's you, check that box. But the third and the simplest way that you can make that decision tonight is literally texting I'm in to 474747. And any of these ways, I will personally contact you and I will text you and we will, I will call you, meet up. We're going to figure out how you can move one step closer to Jesus because that is why we do this. That is our prayer. You have had women praying for you all week long. No matter where you are in faith, we've been lifting you up in prayer and we couldn't be more excited to move you one step closer to Jesus. But ladies, I'm coming to your home tonight. Let's get real, real right now. This talk, it's relevant to 100% of us. It really is. I don't know, maybe you're here and you're like, Kristen, it's not. My life's going great. But I want you to hear this. There's going to come a day in God's sovereign mercy and grace that he is going to allow you to fall under those waves. And I want to make it clear, God allowed Peter to fall through the waves so that Peter would learn how to call out to Jesus and teach us and model it for us. Right? Nothing is a surprise to God. God modeled this for us. And there is going to come a day where you're going to fall through the waves. All of us get sick. All of us experience our kids getting sick. Some of us are going to have tragic losses. We're going to lose our husbands. We're going to lose our children before we die. We know. It makes me emotional thinking about it. This is going to happen. This is the world that we live in. We are going to face tragedy, sickness, disappointment, heartache, trials. Some of you are in the thick of it right now. This is a part of a fallen world. But I want to tell you, when this happens, my biggest challenge for everyone is to have a steadfast faith by calling out to Jesus Christ in the midst of whatever storm comes our way and to not go back to the boat. I want you tonight to be really thinking about, I want you to have a clear vision. What is my boat? For me, it's always been loneliness. It's been loneliness since I was little. I don't know why, it has. And then it manifested into the approval of others, tension from men, substance abuse, like this loneliness, it manifested in all sorts of ways. But I know my boat has always, always been loneliness. And I need to still continually call out to Jesus in the midst of my loneliness and not go back to that boat. I want you tonight to identify what your boat is. 
And I want to say, I want to literally see a group of women who say, through hell or high water, I am following Jesus Christ with my life. He is the one. I'm going to choose to have a steadfast faith where we are not up and down. We are not a roller coaster of emotions. We're not wandering into church for a few years and then out of it. We are here for life. We are in to the day we die until we face Jesus in all glory. And he can say, well done, my girl, good and faithful servant. That is what I want to see out of every single woman in this room. Because I want us to see that Jesus is the only way and the only one who can calm the storm. What happened after he told Peter, hey, you have little faith? He calmed the wind. He calmed the storm. And they got they got back in the boat when everything was done. Jesus is the only way and only one who can calm your storm. And right now, I want to call your attention to something really cool that we provided for you tonight. Every single one of you, you got a bag when you walked in the store. And we were praying and thinking about perseverance. And we're like, ah, oh, we want to give these girls the best gift yet. And in your bags, don't open it now. Because <laughs> then it's going to be a bunch of cellophane all wrapping up. So when you leave, when you walk out these doors, when you go home, there is a little envelope for you. And there is a special gift that was customized especially for you. Do not forget to open it up. We have been praying over this. We are so excited to give this to you because we know that you are all unique and you all have your own boat and you all have things that you want to personally persevere. And we gave this to you and it's some of our favorite resources to help you persevere in the days to come. But guys, I love you. I love sisterhood. It's one of my favorite things I get to do. I love doing life with you. And right now, we are going to close with one more song where we get to raise our voices to God, call out to Jesus. But before that, I would love for all of you guys to stand. And I want to say a blessing and a prayer over each and one, over every one of you. So if you would bow your heads with me. Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you for these women. We are so blessed to be here tonight. I think a lot of us here could relate we are in a cycle trying to walk on water, then heading back to the boat without you. I don't know what is knocking them beneath the waves. Maybe for some of them, it's loneliness, it's their marriage, it's a child. It's sin that they can't seem to swim away from. But I want you, Jesus, alone to call them, to empower them to persevere, to not swim back to the boat, to not pick up old habits. Give us a faith that holds on to you when we feel like breaking underneath the weight of expectations, when it is too dark to even see you, Jesus. Hold on to us through the waves so that we can become women who are steadfast, who in good times and bad, in all things and all times, who perseveres towards you, Jesus. When the world is cheering us on or ridiculing us, clapping or yelling, give us a faith that will not be shaken. Make us a generation of women who will persevere, Lord, and hold on to you through the winds and the waves of this life. And it is in your matchless and precious and holy name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.